most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 196 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we're talking about the law of sowing and reaping. Before we jump into that. Yes. Before we do that, can we talk about this week? Yes. Because I've loved this week. It was such a great week. I think weeks where you have uh, long holiday weekends are a wonderful thing and they we should really do them are. more often. Yes, let's uh, do them more often. Apparently the next one's not till July. No, really? Yeah, July 4th. Well, it's only a couple of weeks away. I don't know how you do math, but we'll go with that. <laughs> like four. <laughs> we had a wonderful week. We were in Atlanta at the start of this week. We were. Oh yeah, I remember. We, though you heard the podcast last week with the Mighty Quinn, we recorded that like a week and a half ago. Yes. We were with our friends Peter and Masha who are pastors and leaders down in Arise Life Church in Atlanta. We had a blast with them. Yeah, it was such a great church. And the church, uh, just the people of the church were so fun. Oh, I love being with them. Yeah. You spoke morning and night on the Father Heart and made everyone cry. Well, you know. Which is a good job. I am sponsored by Kleenex. Yeah. And then the next day, we had Memorial Day in Atlanta. And so we hung out with Peter and Masha and their daughter. We went to, is it Pont City Market? Is that what it's called? Yes. Are you sure that's what it's called? Yes. Ponce uh, or Ponce. It's maybe. beautiful. Yes, it's lovely. We've been there before. Just a great eatery. And we got to see our friend's $5 bakery, the pre-opening. Yes. Because it opened in Atlanta this weekend, but we got to see It was get like the soft donuts. open, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. We also ate incredible Indian food. We did. I was surprised, actually, how good it was. I would say the best Indian food I've had in America. Uh, I would too, actually. It was mm-hmm. very good. In the Ponds Market. Yeah, too bad we have to drive to Atlanta for amazing Indian food. Well, now we have friends there that we can stay with. Because we stayed with this wonderful family, yep. uh, Michael and Terry. Thank and you for your they hospitality. they hosted us so well. Um, so we had a great time. Great. And then on the way home, we got to stop at the, what's the aquarium called? The Georgia, Georgia Aquarium. Georgia Aquarium, yeah. Which, honestly, aside from the dolphins, the Chattanooga Aquarium is way more impressive. Yeah, I think I think I agree. But they had dolphins. They had dolphins. They had a live dolphin show. Yes. 1,800 people in a big kind of like amphitheater with a gigantic tank at the front, a 30-foot deep water tank with like, I don't know, I lost count, six dolphins? Uh, no, I think there was more than six dolphins. That's why I lost count. Yeah, okay. But the coolest thing, out of all of those 1,800 people, uh, a lady walked up to Abigail, our 11-year-old, and said, Hey, Abigail, would you like to come and be part of the show? And so we had to sign away a waiver that she could swim, and if she got eaten by dolphins, we wouldn't sue, Because <laughs> dolphins are known for eating children. <laughs> they look pretty vicious. Oh, they're all smiles on the front and giggles. But uh-huh. You, you, they're just waiting. <laughs> you look at them the wrong way, and they eat you. So Abigail got to be part of the show, and she got to touch a dolphin. And I thought she was going to get to swim with dolphins, so I was a little less impressed. But nevertheless, it was very cool. And I, I'm pretty sure it takes training to, sh- to swim with dolphins, darling. You just hang on to that fin at the back and it does all the work for you yes. or you stand yes. on its nose like those guys do that's exactly what we want her doing at her swim level <laughs> imagine if you could commute to work via dolphin like if you lived in venice for example wow that would just be awesome I anyway mean, yes <laughs> i digress it Apparently. was awesome <laughs> Yeah, it was really fun. She was she was super stoked and she was like, take a video. I need to tend it to all my friends. I think she only has like two friends in her phone, but they all got a video. <laughs> I put on Instagram stories because it was so awesome. It was awesome. I, I loved it. And then we drove home and avoided the tropical storm that was coming up the uh, from the Gulf. Yes. 
And actually, this is the first time that we've driven home at night. Are you a fan? Uh, I didn't mind it. Like the kids fell asleep and it was so nice and quiet. It's the first time I've been in Atlanta and there's no traffic. Yeah. Well, Memorial Day. Right. But it was it was a beautiful thing to behold. Tuesday, we had a day at home recovering. We had a day off, which was just great. Wednesday, we went into work. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday and Friday, we also had days off. Yep. But I haven't really been days off because you're getting ready to go to Australia. Yes. What's happening in Australia? Uh, I am going to um, speak at the School of Prophets. Yay. And then uh, speak at a conference called Speak with Gary and Sarah. Yeah, you're going to have an awesome fun. Our dear friends Gary and Sarah Morgan will put a link in the show notes to the times that they've been on the podcast. Fascinating people. Amazing stories. But you're going to go hang out with them and their gorgeous kids and catch up on the little pocket of Nashville that is currently tucked away in Melbourne. Yes. As some of our people have... Uh, are they Have they migrated there? Is that the right way of putting it? Yeah, They I have think. relocated there for a period of time and we miss them. So we'll get to see Tink and Sam and Faith and... Yeah, that'll be good. And then you haven't seen much of me the last couple of days. For why? Because you have been a boss. <laughs> I like when you say that. I need a t-shirt that says, I am the boss. I am the boss. Um, because you've been getting the Finding Father videos ready. Which isn't much of an achievement given we had a a goal to have them released last summer. Yes, but part of your goal setting, your father didn't die in that scenario probably. <laughs> so we might have to give you a little bit of grace. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. I mean, not that I forgot that he died. I forgot that... Th- that there was w- a reason yeah. that everything got pushed back. It's yes. not like me to miss a deadline. And so I think it's amusing. We missed it by a year. Yes. But your whole point was, babe, you've been working on them steadily with a little bit of push. You basically said, hey, babe, if I looked after the kids for the next four days, could you finish the videos? Because I'd love to take them with me to Australia. Yes. A little bit of trivia. Yes. The first time Finding Father, your book, was published, in fact, the very first time they came from the publishers, we never even saw a printed copy, but they landed in Melbourne, Australia. They did, we for, were, for leader school. We were doing a conference with John and Carol, yep. and we got word from the publishers, hey, your books are printed, where would you like us to deliver them? And we were like, uh, could you do Australia? And they were like, sure. So the very first books off the press landed in Melbourne, Australia. Yep. And that was the first country to receive copies. Yep. So I was thinking, how cool is it that the very first country that the Finding Father videos are going to be available are Australia again? Yep. In Melbourne again. So our Australian listeners, if you see AJ, the uh, Finding Father videos will be available for purchase. You're actually only going to have 40 copies of them with you. No, not even. You're only going to have 20 copies of them. I was going to say, how did I get 40 (laughs) copies? You didn't. Yeah. You have 20 copies of these. The rest of the world, although the videos are edited, they're not available for sale yet because there's a ton more work for me to figure out on the delivery end of things. What does that mean? Well, they're, they're high definition videos and there's 12 of them. And so that's at least 12 hours of high def video. They're really big files. So I'm trying to work out, do I want to distribute them over the internet? Is that fun? Unless you have a super fast internet connection, people could be downloading them for forever. Like you're taking them to the conference on thumb drives. People can buy them on USB thumb drives, but still they're on 64 gig thumb drives. That's a lot of data for people to pull over. So I'm trying to work out the best way to distribute them online i've got smarter people than me to talk to this week so yes they're done no they're not available for sale yet 
unless you're in Australia next week, in which case they are. But hopefully super soon because everything's actually done. We're just trying to figure out how to deliver them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we could sell them on thumb drives, but you know, if I was going to buy something that's digital, I would want it now. I wouldn't have to wait two days until USPS delivers it. Everybody though, isn't quite as impatient as you are, darling. <laughs> impatient? Is there a kinder word you could use? Um, in need of speed. Imagine you want to watch something on Netflix. You're yes. like, oh, I'd love to watch that. And you're like, congratulations, your DVD will be with you in three. No, you want to press play and play it right there and then. I gotcha. But most people that are going to do a Bible study are not needing to do it right this second. They actually buy it. They plan it. They're going to get together with their friends, that kind of thing. So they might have a two day leeway. I'm just saying. I could be persuaded. Yeah. But my goal is to win win. Okay. Well, maybe we can do both. Maybe we can make it downloadable and have it on drives for those that would prefer. And that's exactly what I'm working on. You're amazing. Thanks. You've done a great job. Oh, you're so kind. Mm -hmm. So you spoke this morning. How was that? That was a lot of fun. I so enjoy speaking to our church, our church families. I remember when I started, because, you know, we've been here 10 years and predominantly, all of our focus was uh, our young adults. So yeah. it's not like we were looking for uh, other reasons to speak. We would speak every week uh, yeah. on Monday night. And then when the school started, and uh, I don't know, five years ago, I remember when Jeff would go on vacation, he'd be like, can one of you speak? And I didn't, in, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It was just, you understand, hey, that's an audience that doesn't know you. Like at Emony, I feel so at home. At the school, after the first couple of weeks, I feel so at home. People yeah. know me, they understand my sense of humor, they trust me, they go with me. And I've really enjoyed speaking at our church because I feel like I've gotten to know our church family from the front. I know yeah. that might sound weird, unless you're a public speaker, that might not make much sense, but I had tremendous fun. Um, it was so good this morning, babe. You're very kind, babe. It, no, but really it was. I would tell you if it wasn't too. That's true. As you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But I appreciate that. Yeah. And poor Jeff, our senior pastor, he called me last night. He put his back out and he was like, bro, I don't I don't want to do this to you, but is there any way you could speak tomorrow morning? And thankfully, just the way the Lord works, I'd already had a message prepared for next Sunday when I, I'm scheduled to speak. So I thought, well, I'll just move that up a week and that gives me a week to prepare a new message. So Does that mean next week you're going to just speak on like uh, maybe interpretive dance or... Um... I, who knows? I... <laughs> I've got a busy teaching schedule coming up because I'm speaking at Emanate. Because I'm not here to help with anything. You're so not. You're, doing you're both Emanates. You're, you're swanning doing... off to the other side of the world. Swanning off. Sipping margaritas. Cacao. Cacao. <laughs> what kind of a noise does a swan make? <laughs> Probably not that one. <laughs> <laughs> so many concerns. So many concerns. <laughs> Our main topic this week is yes. all about the law of sowing and reaping. Now, eagle-eared listeners will be like, hey... Wait a minute, Joneses, you already talked about this in episode 85, and you would be correct, we have. But when I was praying this week about what should we do our podcast on, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, talk about sowing and reaping. And I was like, Lord, haven't we done that already? And I looked up, and right enough, we had. But I would say there's a couple of revelations in our life that have made us who we are. Yes. The revelation of the Father's love. Yes. No brainer. Right. The importance of inner healing. Yes. The value of forgiveness. Absolutely. But right up there in the top five things that our life is built upon, like core values would be a revelation of the law of sowing and reaping. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, oh, I, I, I'm inspired to revisit that. All right, let's do it. 
Well, the concept, it's funny, it's a universal concept. Non-Christians, or perhaps biblically illiterate people, would recognize it as what goes around comes around. Right, or, or karma. karma. Yeah. Right. But actually the concept is found all the way through Scripture. Yes. But it's talked about in one verse in particular. Yeah, so that's Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Right, so that's that verse in context. The main verse is, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows. Right. But Paul introduces the concept and then gives an example, which Paul does all the time. Mm-hmm. He goes specific and then an example, specific and an example. And so he's, I think it's fascinating that he starts with a warning, do not be deceived. Right. But that's because we're always deceived about stuff, isn't it? Right. We always think, oh, I know better. That doesn't really apply to me. Or, I, But seriously, I've met so many people who overlook this warning. And I think what Paul's trying to say is, guys, if you understood how vital this was, the law of sowing and reaping, you would pay attention to what you're sowing so you can pay attention to what you're reaping. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that whole thing of do not be deceived is so important because many people overlook that warning And they think that what Paul says next or what we're talking about on the podcast tonight doesn't apply to them. Right. And I want to say that we've lived a life that proves this verse true over and over and over again. Right. Let let me be as simple as I possibly can. You planted a garden last week. I did. All my plants are in. You literally dug up all of the soil, put in fresh soil. Yep. Thank you, Bill. And then you planted new gardens. What did you sow? I have planted a bunch of different tomato plants. Okay. So you have sown tomato plants. Yes. What are you expecting to harvest from those tomato plants? Tomatoes. You're not expecting corn? I'm really not, no. (laughs) Potatoes. If corn or potatoes comes from those plants, I will be very concerned. (laughs) Right. But in the natural, you're not having to drill up your faith. You're not having to chant anything. You're not confused. You know that you've planted those. And so they're going to give me the fruit of what I planted. Right. Yes. What else did you plant just out of interest? I I planted okra. Really? Yeah. We were in the south. I thought we'd try it. Yeah. Uh, Green, red, and yellow peppers. Yeah. Two different kinds of jalapeno peppers. Uh, Zucchini. Uh, eggplant and cucumber. So you have sown all of those seeds. Yes. And you are fully expecting to reap all of that harvest. I am. Now, it could be that something comes in and interrupts that cycle, but generally speaking, you're expecting whatever you've sown, you're going to reap accordingly. Absolutely. And it's honestly that simple. Like, there's literally nothing more that we can say, but people don't believe that whole thing. Yeah. And as it is in the natural, so is in the spiritual. Absolutely. So, in the natural, like not talking about plants, but stuff you can sow in your life, you can, if you sow kindness towards people, then kindness will be shown to you. You're going to reap kindness from all different places. Right. But conversely, if you speak about people behind their back, 
you will reap people speaking about you behind your back. Right. So sow dishonor and reap dishonor. If you treat people with respect, you will be shown respect. Yeah. If you're gossip, then you're going to find yourself gossiped about. <laughs> Right. It's 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 not that it's not that hard. And actually you can kind of flip that whole thing on its head, can't you? And you can right. look at, oh, what am I reaping? Because I bet what you're reaping shows you what you're sowing. I know, it's kinda of harsh, but it's maybe a good insight. But it also tells you what you can kickstart in your life. Yes. Like if there is a lack of good things in your life, start sowing those good things. Yeah. You know, one of the things we try and encourage people all the time. People who are lonely, go sow friendship. Go be a friend to somebody with nothing in return. Yes. And you will find that you will flourish in friendships. If you're lacking direction, go sow prophetic words. Go give some, you know, pray for other people's direction and you'll find that direction will come to you. Yeah. The difficulty when you start teaching like this is I can already hear a criticism of, oh, it sounds like you're trying to game a system. Or milk the system. And I'm like, it is a principle. It's a universal principle. Of course you can leverage for the good of your own life. But I think that's part of the reason that Paul's illustrating it. One is a warning to save you from turmoil and conflict, which you may well have started by yourself. Mm -hmm. As in, if you sow a critical spirit, you reap a critical spirit. Right. But also that you can kickstart blessing. Yeah. He says this in verse 8. You, you read it already. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. There's a cheery verse. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So Paul's basically saying, if you sow only to please your flesh, and by that he means your sinful nature, you reap, destru- you reap destruction. And again, people think, nah. But nah, that can't be true. That's where I'd point you to the warning. Do not be deceived. Yeah. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And then he goes on and says, if you sow to please the Spirit, from the Spirit you reap eternal life. Now, clearly, Paul is talking about the message of salvation. Right. Right. If you sin, if you please your own flesh, you reap death. Scripture is really clear. The wages of sin is death. But if you sow to the Spirit... You receive Jesus and you get eternal life. So, to be sure, that's what he's talking about, but that's one extreme. But the very point he's making works all the way back to present day life. Yeah. For example, if you want to grow in holiness, say no to the flesh and yes to the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. If you want to be closer to God, sow your time to God. Yeah. Well, isn't it, uh, in James it says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Right. Right? It's astonishing. Yeah. Everything you want in the kingdom is on the other side of simple obedience. Yeah. If you want to be closer to God, sow your time to God. Yeah. I I, I think time is one of the, the amazing currencies of intimacy with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because... I think sometimes we write off so much of life to circumstance and actually so much of it is simple choice. Right. It's the choices that we've made and we may not have made them today. Maybe we made them last week or a couple of months ago or a couple of years ago, but eventually you will reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. I mean, people often after I finish teaching on say, for example, blessing or tithing or, or the law of sowing and reaping as it appears to money as it relates to money, I meet people who say, you know, the law of sowing and reaping doesn't work for me. And I I have great sympathy for those people, 
But at the back of my head, I know they're wrong because I know that they can't have disproved scripture. Right. But I mean, I obviously don't lead with that. I, I say, well, why do you say that? What What do you mean by that? And usually they say, well, I've sown, but I haven't reaped. And it's not very encouraging what I say next. I mean, it's really encouraging what I say next, but it's not really what typically people want to hear. Right. But what I want to tell them is then you're actually in a good place. And they kind of tilt their head at me and say, what do you mean? Because Paul says in in Galatians uh, 6 verse 9, he says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Right. And so the reason that's good news for them is the longer that you wait, the larger your harvest will be. Because mm-hmm. yeah. your harvest in the kingdom is always subject to increase. Right. Sadly, that's true for both negative harvests and positive harvests. Absolutely. I think too, like, I, I, I'm not talking about the people that, you, that you're talking about that are tithing regularly and maybe haven't seen the breakthrough yet. For right. sure the breakthrough's coming. But I have had conversations with people that are like, well, I've given and I haven't received anything back. But kind of what they're talking about is kind of like tipping God. Do you know what I mean? They're not actually regularly giving. They're sort of throwing a bit of cash here and there and going, eh, it's not working. Right. And actually, you might be receiving the tip back. It's just not very impressive because what you gave wasn't that impressive. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that sounds kind of horrible, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. In the verse that I just read, Paul's writing to people who think it hasn't worked too. Right. right? Hence his warning. Right. Like, hey guys, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. So he warns them, but he also encourages them, don't become weary in doing good. And I would, I would encourage anybody listening, don't become weary in sowing. Because at the proper time, you're going to reap a harvest if you don't give up. I, I wonder sometimes if we give up and we never see the harvest that we, we've sown for. Yeah. I mean, I, pers- my personal conviction is the goodness of God is so good that he always sees to it that it comes back to us. Yeah. It just might not be in the time or the fashion that uh, you know we would like. Yeah, we have lots of you know, financial testimonies or testimonies of incredible breakthrough, don't we, babe? Yeah. But, uh, you know, those breakthroughs really stand out because of how bad it was before, right? Before the breakthrough. Before the breakthrough. So you're just hanging in there, you know, by the skin of your teeth and you're just giving your tithe and you're sowing and you're hoping for a breakthrough, but it's looking pretty grim. And then the breakthrough comes and you're like, Wow, God, you know? So we have the testimonies, but we also went through the deserts. Right. And the point is we didn't give up in the desert. Right. We were just like, you know what? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Lord, we we're just sowing. Declare it. Yep, we're sowing. We're going to reap. Times it felt so foolish. Yeah. Sometimes it felt irresponsible because yeah. we're like, Lord, this, this this makes no sense. And then the testimony comes and it, it does make sense. Do you remember that time we were at J. Alexander's? And we saw someone actually that I, you know, I don't actually think he was aware that he impacted my life, but he was a speaker. It was our very first day in Nashville, wasn't it? When we came, our very first visit to Grace Center, remember we came to check out Grace Center? Yeah. Yeah. And we went to the church. Yeah. And then we went to J. Alexander's for lunch. Was that our first, that was our first visit to that J. Alexander's? I think so. Yep. And we love that J. Alexander's now. Yep. It's, it's our friend. Um. But anyway, we saw James Ryle, who yep. had been uh, somebody who, I mean, unbeknownst to him, it was the night that he preached on Josiah that was the night that the Lord called me into ministry. 
and through through his message and everything. And so we saw him. We're like, oh, babe, let's let's pay for him and his wife. Like, let's pay for their lunch. So we just called the waiter over and said, we want to pay for them. Don't tell them it's us. We just want to bless them, right? And then when we go to pay, somebody else had paid for our bill, right. and our bill was way more expensive than theirs. They like shared stuff, <laughs> <laughs> like ten minutes later. Yeah, and I was like, that's one of the fastest you know turnarounds turnarounds i've ever yeah, seen in, in sure. terms of sowing and reaping but again i try and encourage people sometimes we do reap in the same season as when we sowed like yeah. like that example and we've we've got many others right but other times like in the, the natural you didn't you didn't sow uh tomato plants last week and then you don't come out and you're disappointed that there's no tomatoes no you understand it takes seasons yes and sometimes that's true too sometimes the seasons are weeks apart sometimes they're years apart yeah I was thinking about that time that we got a word from Patricia King. Yes. Um, she came to our church. She gave us just an incredible prophetic word. She gave our whole church. It wasn't just to us. Right. But it really stood out to me. I felt like the Lord was on it. And she gave us this word about a hundredfold return in a year. Mm-hmm. And so we came home and we were like, that feels like the word of the Lord. And we would be idiots if we don't attach our faith to that word. Right. So we just, at that time, dreamed as big as we could. And we were like, let's determine our sowing by desiring what we want to reap. So if it's a hundredfold, what would be really, really cool to see? Right. And we came up with the number $100,000. Right. So therefore... (laughs) Forgive me if this sounds crass, but I'm just being honest. This is what we just thought. I we were just thinking it would be so cool to see the Lord give us a hundred thousand dollars. Right. I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit that. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So we were like, all right, well if that word is true and my math is correct, then if we sow a thousand dollars, we should reap a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Now, again, I don't like telling these stories because it does sound like all we care about is the return. And don't get me wrong, I really do care about the return. When we got $100,000, I I loved it and was praising the Lord for it. But when we sowed that $1,000, it was in a season where $100 would have been extravagant for us. Yeah. like It it, it hurt bad. Right. And the only reason we had $1,000 were we had just been given $2,000, which was amazing. Right. But we thought, and we needed that $2,000. Yes, we did. But we were like, we're going to tithe on that and we're going to give and we felt like well we, at that time we were like when is another opportunity we're ever going to have to be able to just give a thousand dollars right right <laughs> so we're like all right we're going to give a thousand dollars yeah and uh we're going to believe this word and we declared it didn't we we wrote it up on our bathroom mirror and we would declare it right. in the morning. Like we would be like, okay, Lord, we partner with this word. I mean, it wasn't just about the hundredfold return. There was a bunch of oh, yeah. different segments that were part of the word. And we just declared those over our family and stuff. Our point is though, it was it was sacrifice for us because we needed that thousand dollars. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was it was harsh. <laughs> but we wanted to sow. We really we felt faith on that word from Patricia. And so we did. Yeah. And guess what happened in a year? Uh absolutely nothing. <laughs> we got nothing back. Nope. Now that's not true. It's not we didn't get anything back. I mean, we got lots. You know, we got lots of blessings in the in, in the immediate, but we didn't get a hundred thousand dollars. No. But guess what happened a few years later? What we got a hundred thousand dollars. No, we did. 
the word was right, but the timing was wrong. Right. And I think it's good to qualify like even how we got it. We got it because our house increased in value by right. over $100,000. In two years. In two years. And so when so we... So it's not like somebody wrote us a check for $100,000, no. but the Lord provided us $100,000. The Lord brought the have. increase. Yeah. Totally. And our house our house sold in a, in a day, is that right? Less than 24 hours, yeah. And we had other houses on, on the same street as ours that just did not sell for uh, weeks and weeks and weeks after that. Yeah. And once we did all the paperwork and we realized the net, uh, is that what it's called, net? And the increase, we were like, and the, I felt the Lord say, hey, did you see that? That's $100,000. And we're like, Lord, you, there are, it is. you are astonishing. <laughs> so it was two years. It wasn't one. Right. But God still did it. I wasn't complaining. Nope. <laughs> so good. No. We wouldn't be in the house we're in now if the Lord hadn't done that. Yeah. And we've just got so many stories of the goodness of God manifesting according to the law of sowing and reaping. Yeah. Okay, so here is three keys to understanding the law of sowing and reaping. Number one, you need to understand that it works, despite temporary evidence to the contrary, and make sure that you keep your heart from being deceived in those moments. Right, that's why, where that warning comes from. Like, right. hey, do not be deceived, guys. Basically, this thing works. Yeah, even when it hasn't come yet, you haven't seen the, the fruit yet, it's still a plant, it's still growing, something's still happening. Yeah. Right, number two... You will never reap anything that you theoretically sowed. Right. So you actually have to do it. Well, my heart was to give. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> and, and it's important to know, I'm not just talking about money. The last couple of examples we used are money. I'm talking about everything. Right. Like, everything Like in our, in our life is just is lived according to this principle. But you actually have to do it. You can't just agree with it. Agreeing with it is good, but you actually have to live your life according to this law. Yes, and number three is don't give up because at the right time, you're going to reap a harvest. Yeah, that's, that's so true. It, it's tragic if we bail halfway through the process. My question to you, babe, is I, I said we're not just talking about money, but what can you sow? You can sow anything and everything. Right. You know, if you are finding like, I don't know, you want favor with businesses or whatever, then then sow towards other people's startup businesses. Do you know what I mean? Like tra trade skills, that kind of stuff. Like all of that kind of stuff is you sowing into someone else and you can expect that there's going to be a return of people being, you know, sowing into you. It's so true. I'm so proud of our community here at Grace Center. Same. I, as a leader, when I sit back and I hear testimonies of our people giving away things, sowing things, honestly, I'm as in awe of the testimonies of what people sowed as I am the testimonies of what people received. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I'm excited to hear about somebody giving away a laptop as I am about hearing about somebody receiving a laptop. Right. But I've witnessed people give cars and houses and laptops and iPads and, of course, money and, you know, vacations and just watching it. Or time. Oh. Just, you know... People people give all kinds of things. And sometimes you may think, well, I don't have any extra money. Like I literally don't have it to give away. But you could give time to someone. Mm -hmm. um, all of that is sowing. It, it, so I want to encourage you. You can change the quality of life you have by paying attention 
to what you're sowing or what you're reaping. And we, we've talked largely about the positive side, but also the negative side. If you realize you've been sowing negative things, stop it because it is going to come back to you and bite you. Yeah. You, you, you cannot sow negative speech and expect it not to bite you. Yeah. It'll bite you just like vicious dolphins. <laughs> they're, they're the worst. <laughs> you give them just a cross eye and you never know what's yep, coming. Never know. All right, baby, let's land this plane. All right. Because tomorrow you get on one for real. For reals. And I still got to finish packing. That's right. So we want to remind you that the applications for School of Supernatural Life, both year one and year two, close on June 15th. So you need to have all of your uh, application filled out and your references in by then. So if you're thinking about doing it, start it right now. (laughs) That's right. This episode comes out on the 4th of June which will give you 11 days to start and finish your application. Yep. And we'd love to spend the next eight months with you watching God transform you as he has done for hundreds of people before you. Yeah. And it's a joy. Also wanted to let you know, if you are in Melbourne, Australia, come and say hi to me at the conference. I Seriously, I would love to meet you. I love meeting people. Um, I'm also bringing books with me. I'm bringing copies, the digital copies of the videos that we mentioned earlier in the show. And... Yeah, I'd just like to say hi. And with AJ away next week, it means I get to interview one of the smartest people I know, the person who actually helped us get launched in podcasting, none other than Mr. Blake Stratton. <gasps> oh, I'm jealous. I know, but you'll get to listen to it. Okay. you get to listen to it on the flight home. The very long flight home. Well, no, you leave Australia on Monday, which is still Sunday, so you won't. But, but when I you land could in the download States, in LAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Okay. yeah, you'll get to listen to them. So join us for that next time. Uh, we pray you have an incredible week, that you have tremendous fun both sowing and reaping. And uh, tune in next week to hear me and Blake shoot the breeze about all things super important. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone 